Good Yamtif, everyone. Good morning. Today is Yud Kislev, and uh, let's start. We're going to make a siyum on the ninth Masechta. We're learning Rosh Hashanah, and a Rebbe is a Rosh Bnei Yisrael. is also the head of the Jewish people, just like the Rosh Hashanah is the head. It's not called the beginning of the year; it's called the head of the year. So um, it's very appropriate that we're making siyum on Rosh Hashanah, and then the Gemara concludes. Page 35a is an argument between um, says Rabbi Gamliel said Rabbi Gamliel and the rabbis Rabbi Gamliel says that every, rabbis say everyone has to pray for themselves Shemini for themselves the chazan cannot fulfill their obligation for them unless they don't know how to daven on their own but anyone who knows how to daven on their own the chazan, you have to daven for yourself. The chazan can't represent you. Davening is different than brachas. Brachas, someone can make a bracha for you. If he himself, especially if he himself didn't yet make a bracha, if he didn't make a bracha, he can make a bracha for you. But in davening, it's not so. Davening, you have to daven for yourself. Everyone has to daven for themselves. Except if someone doesn't know how to daven, that's why you have the chazan davening. That's why you have chazar sashats. Rabbi says no. The chazan could fulfill your obligation just like any other bracha. Even if you already know how to daven on your own. You make a bracha on your own. It doesn't matter. The chazan could daven for you. In a way, it's even better. Because the chazan is the mouthpiece of the entire community, congregation. His davening is much superior, more powerful than if you daven on your own. He is the chazan, the mouthpiece of the entire community, congregation. A congregation is more than just one individual. It's not just a collection of ten individuals. It's a whole new entity, a tzibur, a congregation. Shem is present, and he's the mouthpiece. So better he should daven for you. Then why do we daven silent Shem According to Amgamaliyah, the only reason we daven the silent Shem is to give the chazan a chance to prepare the chazar sashats. So he's davening silently, you're davening silently. So like this, he's well prepared. So then when he gets up and he davens, but that's the main davening, it's when he davens. Now, interestingly, the law follows the rabbis, except when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, the davening of the whole year. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, the law actually follows Rabbi Gamaliel. Especially, it's a very long davening, and it's even someone who's familiar with the davening, you could fulfill your obligation by listening to the cantor, but you would have to listen to every single word and not miss a single word. So, yeah, practically sure. speaking... <laughs> It's uh, it's not it's pretty difficult. So everyone like, like ev- the ev- ev- Everyone right. So everyone davens of their own. But but anyway. So now the Gemara concludes. When he said the chazan, the chazan when he davens, he fulfills your obligation for you. It's not only for those who are in shul. Even those who are on the field, who are far away, outside of the town, out of town. By him davening, he davens for you. How much more so? If he, if he davens, he's davening and he fulfills the obligation of those who are not even present, how much more so? Those who are present. So the mother says, wait a minute. The kaimiyach means those who live in town. The mother says, Adarab, on the contrary, makes Hani Anisi, Hani Loyanisi, those who are far away from the city, they couldn't make it to town. So therefore, it makes more sense that the cantor, his davening, fulfills their obligation for them. 
Because the reason they didn't show up is because they can't. They're too far. They live outside outside of the uh, of the quarantine. They can't come. But those who are in town and don't bother to show up, they don't bother to come to shul, then maybe the chazan should not fulfill their obligation. Because they show that they're not interested. They didn't show up. There was no bar mitzvah in the shul, there was no kiddush, they didn't show up. So they're not interested in the davening. So maybe the chazan should not, should not fulfill their obligation for them. And, and a proof for that, for that logic, we learn, we learn when it comes to the priestly blessing. Those who have their back to the koyanim are not included in the blessing. You can't stand behind the back of the koyanim. If you're standing on the side or in front, you're included in the blessing. If you're not standing in the side or the front, then you're not included in the blessing. So the same should be by davening. Those who are in town and don't bother to show up, it's like you're turning your back, you're not interested. So in that case, the chazan should not be able to, to, to daven for you, to fulfill your obligation for you. It's only those who couldn't make it, they're out of town. For the quarantine, the government didn't allow them to come. Then they had no choice, so therefore, the, therefore then they could be included in the, in, in the daven. So the mother concludes, Ella rather... Rabbi Gamliel only allowed the chazin, only those who are out of town, who are in the fields, out of the town, city. My time was from they couldn't come. In the city, and Ramban says, Rashi also means this. What he means is, if you're in town, then you don't come to Shul. Surely, if you're in Shul, you're showing that you're present. So of course, of course you fulfill your obligation. But those, those who are out of town, those who are out of town, um, they do not fulfill their obligation. And those who are in town and don't show up, they don't fulfill their obligation. The Rebbe asks, wait a minute. We know there's a difference between a bracha. What's the difference between a bracha and prayer? A blessing and prayer. What's the difference between a bracha and a prayer? And it's all in the word. What does the word, what's the root of the word bracha mean? What does bracha mean? A blessing. What does a blessing mean? What is the root of the Hebrew word bracha? What does bracha mean? Brecha is a pool. Okay, good. Brecha is a pool. Is a reservoir. Brecha is a knee bending down. In other words, there's a pool, there's a reservoir. And the bracha draws from the reservoir. In other words, the bracha doesn't do anything new. The bracha is the drawing from something that's already there. There's a reservoir of water. And then you have to figure out a way to draw the water, to bring the water down from the reservoir in, into your sink, into your cup. So you have to draw the water. Brecha. So, in other words, a bracha doesn't accomplish anything new. A bracha could only take potential, something that's there potentially, and to actualize it. Which explains the story that we find in the Torah. That Yaakov gave a bracha to Ephraim and Menashe and he crossed his hands when Yaakov placed Menashe, the older one parallel to Yaakov's right hand and Ephraim, the younger one parallel to his left hand Yaakov crossed his hands and he placed his right hand on the younger one and Ephraim and his left hand on Menashe, the older one and Yaakov thought maybe his father can't see well Yosef thought that that maybe Yaakov, uh, Yaakov can't see well 
So he tells him, no, I see exactly, I know what he's doing. Menashe is great, but Ephraim is greater. question <laughs> is, Yaakov is the one who's giving the brachas. So who's stopping him from giving the bigger bracha to Menashe? Let him be the one who's greater. Well, and, and Ephraim, the younger one, will get the smaller bracha. But the answer is, a bracha doesn't create anything new. A bracha is taking potential and actualizing it. So Yaakov is saying, I can't change the reality. Ephraim is greater than potential than Menashe. He's a greater, greater than Menashe. All I can do is, by giving a bracha, is to actualize that potential. So therefore, what's the comparison of the priestly blessing, which is a blessing, to prayer? By a blessing, you can say it makes sense that the attitude and the mindset of the one receiving the blessing could affect the blessing. If you're turning your back, if you're turning your back to the blessing, you're not interested in the blessing, then I can't give you a blessing. How could I actualize a blessing if you're turning your back to it? But prayer, prayer, however, you, you bring something new, you accomplish something new. You're asking Hashem to do the impossible. You're, you're creating a new reality. Otherwise, what's the point of prayer? Hashem knows our needs better than we know our own needs. Does a child have to beg the parent, please feed me? The parent feels the pain of the child more than the child does. Obviously, there's no other way. It's impossible to accomplish this without... I mean, what's prayer? You don't like Hashem is running the world? You don't have confidence Hashem knows what He's doing? I mean, if you don't believe in Hashem, so why are you praying? Why are you bothering? Don't you believe Hashem knows what He's doing? And he, He's running the world exactly the way it should be run? He knows, and when something is painful, obviously it's for our own benefit. There's no other way to accomplish this without going through... So what are you davening? But you're davening, you're asking Hashem to do something new, to do something impossible, to, to create something new, to turn the whole world upside down and, and create a new path to accomplish not only the end should be good, even the means how we get there should also be good. It's impossible, okay, that's what God is for, to do the impossible, that's what we're asking. So prayer creates a new reality. So therefore, when it comes to prayer, the, the state of mind and the, of the person who you're davening for seemingly shouldn't, shouldn't matter that much. I can daven for someone at the end of the world. He doesn't, even, he doesn't even know I'm davening for him. And my davening helps. I'm asking Hashem to create a new reality. So what do I care if he's turning his back? He's not turning his back. It's not about it. It's about Hashem is creating something new and he's responding to my prayer. So the state of mind of the person seemingly shouldn't matter that much. How can you compare prayer to a blessing? What's the mother bringing? The mother brings a proof just like by, by the priestly blessing if you turn your back. You are not included in the blessing. So too when it comes to prayer. If you're in town and you turn your back and there's nothing stopping you and you don't show up in shul, you just come for the kiddush, you don't bother to come for the shul, you're not included in the prayer. Because you couldn't care less. What's the comparison? Maybe prayer is different. Maybe prayer does help. Wait, and the state of the mind of the person receiving it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So the answer is that the priestly blessing is different than the regular blessing. Ah... Uh. Priestly blessing, who's giving the blessing? Yes, but who's commanding them to give the blessing? Hashem is giving the blessing. It's Hashem's blessing. You're doing a mitzvah. The koinim are representing Hashem. So therefore, the blessing, the priestly blessing, has the power of prayer. It's not limited. When a human being gives a blessing, a human being is limited. It's finite. So all he can do is, all he can accomplish is that tzaddik, He's like, you're on top of the mountain, you can roll the ball down. It's easy for you to roll the ball down. You're in heaven, you can, you can br- draw it down. You can draw it down from the reservoir and make sure that it, it, it gets to you. 
because he's on top, he's a holy person, he's in heaven, so he's in heaven, he can bring the blessings from heaven and bring it down to earth. But he's human, he's limited, he's finite, he can't create something new. But Hashem is not limited. When Hashem gives a blessing, the, the, the priests are giving a blessing because they're commanded, it's a mitzvah from Hashem, Hashem is ordering and commanding them to give a blessing. So they represent Hashem. So the priestly blessing has the same quality of prayer, that it's not limited. And therefore, since it's not limited, it can, it, 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 you can create something new. As it says, Yisa Hashem Panavei as we learned in Brachas, if you remember, the first tractor that we learned, the angel said, how, how, are you, how do you show favoritism? Yisa Hashem. How can Hashem show favoritism? Hashem says, how can I not show favoritism to the Jewish people? I commanded them that they should make a blessing only when they're full. And yet, and yet they, even when they eat a kezayis or a kebeya, they, they, they bench. In other words, they show favoritism to me. They go beyond the letter of the law. For, for me, so how can I not go beyond the letter of the law, Yis Hashem, and show them favoritism? So we see that the priestly blessing is going beyond the letter of the law. It's Yis Hashem, Hashem is showing favoritism. He's going way beyond, this is beyond the regular blessing. It's not just that Hashem is giving us something that's already in store and just to make sure that we get it. It's, 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 it's a new, it's, Hashem is showing us favoritism. He's giving us something new. So therefore the comparison is very valid. The comparison is very valid because just like prayer, just like a priestly blessing, which is like prayer, you would also say, listen, since Hashem is giving the blessing, so what do I care what the state of mind of the person receiving the blessing is? What do I care? As long as Hashem is giving the blessing, it doesn't matter. You turn your back, you don't turn your back, it doesn't matter. But we see it does matter. Why does it matter? Because although the blessing comes from Hashem and it's unlimited, but you have to be a vessel, you have to be a vehicle. If you turn your back to Hashem, you turn your back to the blessing, Hashem says, listen, I can't help you, I'm sorry. So there, are, so there is, even though the blessing is nothing to do with you, there's no human fingerprints on this, it's really from Hashem, and it's unlimited, but nevertheless, you have to be a vessel, you have to stand, and you have to, the koyanim have to wash their hands, and there's a whole preparation, you can't just, you have to be a vessel to receive Hashem's blessing. So, so too, when it comes to prayer, that even though prayer, you the person is praying for you, and it's between the person and Hashem, and it's unlimited, but the person has to be stand and ready to receive the blessing. Like, like, like uh, um, Hashem told Moshe, "Imdo hachin kolchem." Like when it came to, it came to the splitting of the sea, the splitting of the sea came entirely from Hashem. The Jewish people did nothing; they were told not even to daven. Just, but they had to stand and receive the blessing. If you're not standing and receiving, you're not even open to receive then Hashem can help you. So even though someone is davening for you, but the least you can do, at least you have to be in a, in a position, in a mode, that I'm ready to receive. But if you're turning your back, you're in town, you don't even bother to show up the shul. You just come for the kiddush at JFK, you don't even bother to come to davening, then I'm sorry, the davening, Hashem can help you. Now, on one hand, according to, when it comes to the priestly blessing, according to Rabbi Yishmol, it's actually even stronger than davening. It's even more powerful than davening. Not only is it like a bracha, is it, is, it, is it like tefillah, this blessing is like prayer. This blessing is even more powerful than prayer. So then for sure the Gemara makes sense. The Gemara is saying that if in the priestly blessing, which is more powerful than prayer, and nevertheless, 
your state of mind, the one receiving the blessing, his state of mind is important. If he turns his back, he's not included. It's how much more so by prayer. If you're turning your back, why is it, how do we see it's even more powerful in prayer? So we see, we see a few, two things. Firstly, we find that prayer, in order for the chazan to daven, you have to have nine Jews in the congregation besides the chazan. So the chazan does need the power of the congregation to empower him to be able to stand in front of Hashem mm-hmm. as the mouthpiece of the congregation and to daven and to achieve and to accomplish everything that the davening needs to accomplish. When it comes to, to the priestly blessing, however, it's not so. It says if you have a minion of ten koinim, so who are they giving the blessing to? There's nobody. <laughs> all the koinim go up. <laughs> And they give the blessing to everyone in the city, everyone in town, everyone that's out there, everyone who's, who's out there. So they don't even need, they don't even need the power of a congregation. They have the priestly blessing. Even if there's no congregation there, Hashem commanded them to bless and they have the power to bless. But especially according to the opinion of Rabbi Shmo, which, what's his opinion? We have an argument, contracted Chulun, argument between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva. In Chulin Memtes Aleph, Rabbi Shmuel says, says that Hashem told the Kohenim to bless the Jewish people. Who's going to bless the Kohenim? Mm-hmm. Who blesses the Kohenim? <laughs> the Kohenim are busy blessing the Jewish people. Who blesses the Kohenim? So he says, Vani Avarachem. When it says at the end, at the end of Brichus Kainim, Rabbi Shmuel says, it refers to Hashem. Hashem says, and I will bless the Kainim. Now that you've done what I asked you to do, and you, you blessed on my behalf, you've blessed the Jewish people, I will bless you. Rabbi Kiva says, no, Rabbi Kiva argues. He says, Hashem tells the Kainim to bless the Jewish people. So the Kainim are blessing the Jewish people. But where's Hashem's blessing for the Jewish people? So that's what it says, Hashem says, you bless the Jewish people, and then I will chip in, I will kick in, I will then bless the Jewish people. So the question is, the Gemara asks, according to Rabbi Kiva, who blesses the Kainim? It's not fear. The Jewish people are blessed. Kainim are blessing, and then Hashem blesses the Jewish people. Who's blessing the Kainim? They're left out. According to Rabbi Kiva. Not really. So the says, the answers, because it says, Hashem told Avram, whoever blesses you, I will bless. Whoever blesses the Jewish people are blessed. Right. Hashem says, I will bless all those who bless you. You bless the Jewish people, automatically you're blessed. You don't need a special pasuk, a special verse to tell me that the Gemara concludes that Yishmael, who himself was a Koyan, helped the Koyan. He, he interpreted the verse in a way that's more favorable for the Koyan. By saying that the verse, Vaniyavarachem, it says right after Brechaz Koyanim, Hashem says that you will bless and then I will bless, referring to the Koyanim, it's much more powerful blessing than the blessing of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva wasn't a Koyan, he was a son of a convert. So he said the Koyanim automatically blessed. Firstly, why is that more powerful? What difference does it make if Hashem says, whoever, you, whoever blesses the Jewish people, I will bless. What's the difference between Hashem says, whoever blesses the Jewish people, I will bless? Or if you say, refers 
to I will bless the Kayanim. The Kayanim are already blessed. Why is that more powerful? Rabbi Shmuel, who is a Kayanim, interprets the verse in a way that's more favorable for the Kayanim. How is this more favorable to say that Vani Avarachem refers to the Kayanim? It's not enough. Hashem already promised whoever blesses the Jewish people will be blessed. Hashem says, I am blessing. I will bless. I, Hashem, will bless whoever blesses the Jewish people. So every Kayanim, when he blesses the Jewish people, they're already blessed from Hashem. Why is Rabbi Shmuel's interpretation more favorable to the Kayanim than Rabbi Kiva's interpretation? And according to Rabbi Shmuel, where does it say that Hashem blesses the Kayanim? And the Jewish people. It says the Kayanim bless the Jewish people and Hashem blesses the Kayanim. But where does it say Hashem blesses the Jewish people? Rabbi Akiva says, Hashem affirms, Hashem says, then I will bless. You will bless, and then I will bless the Jewish people. So we have Hashem's blessing. According to Rabbi Yishmael, where is Hashem's blessing? To the Jewish people. So the Rebbe explains that according to Rabbi Yishmael, Birchus Koenim is not just the same as prayer. It's more powerful than prayer. Because what's the difference between a prayer and a blessing? A prayer, yes, a prayer is on a lower level. A prayer is that the tzaddik is able to take from the reservoir and draw it down to you. Blessing. The blessing, a blessing. But, but in order for him to be able to do that, he has to be above the reservoir. He has to be in a position that he's on top of the mountain so he can take it and roll down the blessing so it can reach you. You're on the bottom of the mountain. He's on top. He's a tzaddik. So he can take the blessing from heaven and roll it down and make sure that, that, that it gets to you. So he's on top. He's above and he has the power to bless. He has the power to command it to come down and it happens. That's the power that Hashem gave to, the, to bless. The tzaddik has the power to bless. The Jewish people have the power to bless because they're rooted in heaven, so they have the power to bless. Prayer, however, even though prayer, you're touching Hashem, you're asking Hashem to do the impossible, but you're begging, you're asking, you're on the bottom, you're asking Hashem, please, have Rahmanus, do me a favor. I'm not in a position to order it, to command it. I can petition, that's all I can do. I can beg, I can plead, I can petition. If Hashem answers me, Yes, then Hashem is creating something new, turning the whole world upside down and creating something impossible and is answering my prayer. With the priestly blessing, here we have the advantage of a blessing and the advantage of prayer. Hashem is empowering the koyin. According to Rabbi Shmuel, who's interpreting the, the verse with the advantage of the koyinim, he understands the blessing of the koyinim is that Hashem is empowering the Kayanim to command the blessing. It's not we're praying that Hashem should bless us. Yivarechach, Hashem will bless you. Yoed, Hashem will illuminate you. Yisa, Hashem will show favoritism to you. It's a blessing. We're saying it with certainty. We're not asking, petitioning, or begging, or pleading. So Hashem gave the Kayan the power to create something new. To have the same effect of prayer, but not as a beggar, as a petitioner, but Hashem empowered the Kayin. In other words, the Kayin, who is an agent of Hashem, according to Rabbi Shmuel, the agent literally represents the principle. The different levels of agency, different ways of understanding agency. But Rabbi Shmuel interprets that Hashem empowered the Kayin to represent Hashem, and therefore, it's not petitioning, begging, pleading, optional. No, they have the power. He empowered them to give the blessing. 
And that's why he says, Hashem says, I will give them the same type of blessing, the same level of blessing that they gave to the Jewish people. They have the power to bring down this new, to create this new reality, to show favoritism, etc. So I will bless them with the same way, on the same level. So according to Rabbi Yishmol, the Koyanim, on the highest level, According to Rabbi Akiva, however, a koyin is a human being. A human being is finite. You don't have the power. You're just an agent. The Hashem commands you, so you're doing. But you don't have the power to bring down that level of blessing. That's why, according to Rabbi Akiva, you need a special verse. Hashem says, I have to kick in. Only when I will bless them. When I bless them afterwards, it's my blessing, not your blessing. You're a priest, you're a human being, you're finite. You don't have the power to draw down that blessing. It's when I, after your blessing, after you do what I asked you to do, and then I promise, I will bless them, that I will draw down this, this new, new energy. But it comes from Hashem, it doesn't come from, from the Koine. Who will bless the Koine? So Rabbi Kiva says, Vavarcha, why, are you ble- why does Hashem say that I'm going to bless you there? Because you bless someone else. Your blessing cannot be, the, the effect can't be more powerful than the cause. You're a human being and you gave a blessing. You draw down something that's already in the reservoir, it's already in the, in the bank account, you're just, you're just withdrawing it. You're drawing it down. So therefore, the effect Hashem says, I will bless you because you bless someone else. The effect can't be more powerful than the cause. So the type of blessing that Hashem blesses you is on the same level of the blessing that you gave. Hashem is not creating something new for you. He'll give you a blessing. You, you facilitated and fast-forwarded some blessing in someone else's life. So Hashem will also facilitate and fast-forward and actualize your potential. But He's not going to create something new for you. So the Koyanim, according to Rabbi Akiva, the Koyanim, who they gave a human blessing. That's all they're empowered to do. So they gave a human, a finite blessing. They can draw down from the source. So Hashem will give you the same level of blessing. In your life, you'll be blessed. Everything will go smoothly in your life. Everything will be fast forward and facilitated and without any hindrance. But that's about it. You're not going to have the level of blessing, which is the level of prayer, which is the same level of prayer, which only comes from Hashem. That comes from Hashem. That's not the Koyanim. The Koyanim had nothing to do with it. There's no human fingerprints in that. Not because of the Koyanim's bracha. They don't have that power. Hashem gives the power. And He will bless them. And therefore, there won't be any limits to this blessing. It will so create something new. So now you understand the difference between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva. But either way, even according to Rabbi Shmuel, or even according to Rabbi Akiva, the proof in the Gemara is very clear. Because nevertheless, by the priestly blessing, the main event is Hashem's blessing. The blessing that comes afterwards. So the priestly blessing includes a level of blessing which is like a prayer. Hashem says, I will, it'll be a level of prayer. Hashem will create new realities for you. We'll give Hashem's blessing. Which is, there's no limit to Hashem's blessing. It's not a human being blessing. A human being blessing is limited. And when Hashem blesses the human being for blessing, it's also limited because what triggered Hashem's blessing is your blessing, your personal private blessing. So Hashem will also reward you on the same level. But a koyin who's blessing, 
Why is he blessing? If he's blessing because Hashem commanded him to bless. It's not a human blessing. Hashem is ordering him to bless. So when Hashem says, that I will then bless the Jewish people, it's on a whole different level. It's unlimited. It's Hashem doing the blessing now. It's not the human being blessing that triggered Hashem's response. Hashem commanded the Koyim to bless. And Hashem says, I will kick in with my blessing, which is infinite and unlimited, and I will create a whole, a whole new reality. So therefore, the priestly blessing is like similar to prayer. So that's why he brings a proof. Just like the priestly blessing, which comes directly from Hashem. So you may think, what difference does it make the state of the mind of the one receiving the blessing? Who cares if your back is turned to the Koyim? What do I care? It comes from Hashem. We don't say that. Even if it comes from Hashem, you have, to, you have to stand ready and prepared and open to the blessing. If you turn your back, you're out of here. Hashem says, I'm sorry, I can't help you. So do with prayer, if you turn your back, if you're in town and you don't show up to daven, the chazan's davening cannot help you, help you with your prayer. That, that, and that's Rabbi Kiva. And Rabbi Shmoz, the koyin, says no. The koyinim, Hashem empowered the koyinim, they're literally shluchish and kemoise, they are agents who represent the principle, they are in the place of Hashem, they embody Hashem, they have the power to draw down the blessing, and that is the powerful blessing of Brichus koyinim, and therefore vaniyavarechem is that Hashem will bless the koyinim on the same level. The priestly blessing, it's not because a human blessing triggers Hashem's response, it's not a human blessing, it's a divine blessing, it's a blessing that's unlimited. That Hashem empowered the Koyinim. So also, Hashem will bless the Koyinim with that same, with that same unlimited type of blessing that will open up new horizons in their life and new blessings in their life. So this is the conclusion of the Shoshana. And, uh, and now we're going to make the uh, Hadron.